Amen. Thank you. Well, welcome. It's so great to see you here. So great to see you there. Um, it is a great way to be together. Can I just start with some declarations? You may have heard me say these, but this week it was very clear for me that there are some things that are rock solid in, in this world, even in the life of Coast Community, and these are them. Like, we, we want to operate within the guidelines the government set for our country, like we always do. We want to do the best we can with what we have, like we always do. Jesus is building his church, like he always is, unchanging. And Jesus partners with us in the mission that he has in his world, like he always does. That's unchanging. The church is at the centre, like it always is. And this is an opportunity for the church to shine, like it always should, like it always can. And there's something about that that excites me. There's something about that that says that as a church, this is a unique time in history and it is an opportunity for us to shine. When I look at who we are as a church, as Coast Community, when I look at our values and our vision and our mission, nothing's changed in this climate at all. When you look at our values of grace and growth and gratitude, what are we grateful for? The media doesn't focus on that. Generosity and genuineness, nothing shifted there. That's who we are and that's how we'll continue to live and I want to encourage you in that. Nothing's changed with the vision of our church. The vision of our church, the picture that we see is healthy and growing and full of love. It's a good test for all that because nothing's changed. We want to see, we want to see a community of people that's healthy. And sometimes healthy is actually staying away. That's okay. But to be healthy in every essence of that word and to be a growing people, it's a time to go deep with God. We'll see people step in. And for us to be a community of people that's full of love for each other and for people in our community. It's interesting because we look at even our focus for this year in 2020 to enlarge our house and spread out our home. Nothing's changed there either. In fact, the strategies that we were talking about have just been fast-tracked. I'm excited about how we can enlarge our house with an online ministry. What does that look like? I look at all the opportunities there are for us now to spread out our homes. It's no coincidence that God's been speaking about hospitality. We didn't know that would be such a major theme as we've preached into this year. We are positioned well to have a big impact in our local community and beyond. And so I'm excited about that. Andrew was right, we're starting a new series today. It was planned for today and it's called Both And. And when you think about life, there's lots of things that actually sit together, not separate. And it comes down to simple things and complicated things like salt and pepper and bacon and eggs and lime and Corona, whatever that is, fish and chips. <laughs> cheese and wine, Vegemite and cheese, burger and fries, the list could go on, knife and fork, Batman and Robin. I wonder what they do in this crisis, that'll be interesting. There's so many things that sit together, there are a both and, and we can go deeper even in a theological way and go, what about predestination and free will? In my opinion, they both sit together quite comfortably. 
What about being a disciple and being a disciple maker? Andrew's going to explore that next week. We're both. They can't kind of, you can't even separate those. What about the concept of going deep as a church in our spiritual formation and going wide in our reach evangelistically? They both fit together. It's both and or it's not one or the other. You have a church that just goes deep without understanding that part of that depth is going wide. It just won't exist long term. Same with a church that just tries to go wide evangelistically and has no depth. They sit together. Today I was going to spend time in grace and growth because they sit together. We need to embrace God's grace, but grace isn't a license to sin. It's actually an opportunity and empowerment for growth. They sit together. You know, giving grace to other people is not an excuse for people just to abuse people and do the wrong thing all the time. We can expect growth because God's in the business of transformation. And so they sit together, but I won't speak into that today because I really feel there's a unique message for today and it's still a both and, and it's actually this. It's crisis and opportunity. They sit together. And we find ourselves right now in a massive crisis. I I don't know that there's, not in my lifetime has there been a bigger crisis that I can think of. And it's significant. And I don't want to downplay, even in my positive perspective, the significance of the crisis that we're in and entering and will continue to be in for a fairly long period of time. It's significant. And there'll be, there'll be major crisis for people, major impact for people in so many different ways, economically, in mental health, in physical health. We're in, we're in a massive crisis. But along with that, there's opportunity for the church And I want to explore that. How can both of those sit together where we as a church can have an opportunity to have a significant ministry and impact in this season of history because they do sit together. Here's an example. We're in a crisis. An opportunity exists. If you want to start a cleaning business now, there's massive opportunity. If you haven't got a fear of coronavirus and you want to start a cleaning business, ka-ching, ka-ching. Not that I'd recommend that, but there is opportunity there. I'm just proving to you that they exist together. But in this time of crisis and the significance of this crisis, we have a choice of where we look to in that. And if we spend time looking at at the media, which is helpful for information, but if that's that's our source of engagement in this crisis, we're going to really struggle. If social media is our point of connection, we'll really struggle. But if we can go to God and his word and go, how do we have the strength as God's church and inner strength to stand strong in this crisis? There's plenty of opportunity for God's church to actually rise and see him build his church in this climate. And he partners with us. You know, me personally, I want to look to people who've got credibility when it comes to living in a crisis. And someone in the Bible who has cred in living in a crisis is Paul. This is not on PowerPoint, but check this out. This is, this is what he says about himself in 2 Corinthians. I've worked harder, I've been put in prison more often, been whipped um, times without number and faced death again and again. Five times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I've travelled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from rivers, 
and from robbers. I've faced danger in the cities and the deserts on the seas. And I've faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights, been hungry and thirsty, even even often gone without food. And I've shivered in the cold without even clothing to keep me warm. So here's someone who understands crisis. Paul lived it way more than we'd ever know. And from that standpoint and that posture of understanding that sometimes life looks like crisis, I mean, we don't know what it's going to look like in the coming months, but it's going to be pretty significant. But this is what Paul says. He says this, I've learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much. With much as with little. I've found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. What a verse for in season. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one that makes me who I am. Imagine what it would look like if we as a community of people believed that and lived it. Actually, whatever my life looks like in the next coming months, whatever I have, whatever I am, I can make it through anything. Is that your belief? Is that your standpoint? That's Paul talking about that. Here's in another translation. I like this in the Amplified. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. See, God's mission continues. I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. If we can take anything away from today, it's that kind of stance. It's that kind of posture as God's people. I mean, the good news of Jesus is that he is with us. We sung about that. That's, that's the good news of Jesus. He stepped in. But by his spirit, he is with us. I can continue and I will. Look at this in Ephesians 6. It says, Therefore put on God's complete armour, that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all this, the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. What would it look like? In your community, wherever God's placed you, if there was this almost non-verbal posture where you are just standing firm in your place, in your belief in God that he's with you, that he will help you get through anything. My goodness, people in our world need to see that. They need to pick up on that. That's a contagious, more than the coronavirus, I reckon, quality to have. How can we have that kind of impact as a group of people here on the Central Coast and beyond and wherever these these messages go? We can be deep and wide. And my encouragement to us is that at this point we go really, really deep in your relationship with God, deeper than you've ever gone. And you, you partner with God in that. You allow him to take you deeper. You get in touch with his word and his living spirit and let him breathe life and depth so we can have a wide reach into the community and beyond. We have opportunity as a church in this current crisis. Absolutely believe that. You know, our focus to enlarge your house, we we are looking at an online ministry that will go to places we would never go to ourselves. That's a beautiful opportunity to have. 
There's people that would actually engage online before they'd step into any church building. And we have an opportunity to do that, and many churches are doing that as well. In this climate of fear and unknown in our culture, these kind of messages can go to places that give people hope and a future. And we have opportunity to enlarge our house, to connect with people. I love this verse in Psalms. It says, publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Now, we have that opportunity and we can do that. Why am I telling you this? Because we can partner in that together. Like this is actually tools that can equip you in the way that you make disciples. We can actually share things. We can encourage people to engage. You and I are part of that. Saddleback did a, some research on this and they have an online pastor. So they, they were, there's many churches that would consider their online ministry as a campus. Like we have two campuses, Bensville and Tumby. Many churches consider their online space another campus. And so they did some research this and they, and they found out that 59% of churches who have an online ministry saw growth in their physical churches. So 59% of churches that did have this kind of ministry saw that kind of growth. In fact, it was 75% actually said that once people engaged first online, they saw people step into church spaces personally, physically. That's an incredible opportunity we have. We have that opportunity. This passage just keeps coming up again and again and again this year attached to our focus. Check it out. You've heard it before in Matthew and the message paraphrase. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colours in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. You've heard Andrew speak lots. Where, where do we have that thinking that our faith was a, a private matter? We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. And if I make you light bearers, don't you think I'm going to hide you on a bug, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives, and by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. That's still the culture that we want to see. We have an opportunity to shine. And so now can I encourage you in this opportunity to engage in that space to share different things that are, whether it's social media that's put out from, from Coast Community to engage in that. On YouTube, we're going to ask you to subscribe. Can I ask you to do that? Like we want to increase our online and we need a thousand subscribers to do that. So there's an opportunity to really get that fast tracked. We have an opportunity right there. The other opportunity is spreading out your home. Now there's challenges in that in this current climate, but it's still there. The ministry we can have out of our homes is really significant and we can share, we can be hospitable and, and obviously as Andrew said we want to point people always to the recommendations that are in place because they're changing all the time. Homes have got a capacity for how many people you can have in a home just like this building currently has but we can use those what we have and do the best we can with what we have. And you have a home, you have a space, you have neighbours. You can actually spread out your home. You can make a difference. I mean, if I'll remind you of the early church. They did that. The believers devoted themselves. There's an opportunity in crisis to go, I choose to devote myself to God and what he's doing in and through me. And as we do that, 
we can actually have this culture in our homes that's really significant. And, you know, early church in Acts, God did significant ministry out of homes. It was one of the most common practices in the church. And if you look at Acts 5, it says, And every day, this was actually in severe persecution. That's the context in this passage in Acts 5. And every day in the temple, from house to house, they continued to teach and preach the message, Jesus is the Messiah. People in our communities need to hear the good news of Jesus. People in our communities need to step in and participate in the transformation that Jesus can bring. And it can happen out of our homes. Jesus is the Messiah. It's interesting, when we've been chatting as a team about the things that we would want to see as the church gathers. Now, we were thinking that was Sundays, and it still is, for as long as we can do that. That might change. Stay connected online, you'll find out what that looks like. But I like, this is what we've been saying, when the church gathers on Sundays, or any time in homes, but we were thinking, this is what we would want to see. We'd want to see worship. We'd want to see community. We'd want to see inspiration direct from the Holy Spirit and His Word, for His Word to be obvious and come alive. That's why there's things on screens. And we want there to be a culture and flavour of encouragement that whenever someone steps into a gathering, we can leave and go, well, you know what? No matter what's going on in my life with God, I can do this. Like I feel encouraged to do what God's called me to do. That doesn't change. We can do that out of our homes. We can actually gather even in small um, spaces with a few people and have worship. It might look different than having Amy McGuinness rock up and lead worship in your home. But we can still do that in lots of ways. You could use YouTube clips. It just forces us to be creative. You could have someone turn up with the guitar. You don't even need that. You can read some Psalms and worship Jesus. You can actually just speak out praises together and acknowledge what you're grateful for and actually declare who Jesus is. It's all worship. We can do that together. You can even do that remotely online if you needed to, if you're in self-isolation, because community is the same. We need to connect with people. It's interesting that you're here today. There's obviously a need or a desire within you to want to connect, and that's a healthy thing that we have. My fear in this climate as churches, if we go, okay, let's just, okay, let's just pause for a moment, that's, that's a massive problem. I don't think Jesus is asking us to pause It just causes us to be more creative in strategy. Strategy changes all the time. And so we can even connect in community, even on these devices. They're a gift to us. I heard someone the other day said they're actually having drinks with someone on on, um, Zoom. Pretty interesting. They can still connect. You still have community. Again, that just looks different. You know, in homes, we can still be inspired personally by the Holy Spirit. I'd encourage you to bring Bibles if you're in a home group or a home church. Absolutely. Bring Bibles, whether it's a device or an old school one. Let Scripture come to life, be inspired personally. And we can still encourage each other. Encouragement's all about courage. Encouragement's all about encourage, to place courage within. And just being together does that. Speaking, speaking a word like Claire did today, it encourages us. Prayer ministry is a great way to encourage. Imagine our homes just praying for each other. Social distance, you might not lay a hand on at the moment, but you can still pray. You can still encourage. We can still do that out of our homes. In some of my research, there was a book called New Testament Church Dynamics, and there's this quote which I really liked. It says this, Small churches have great potential for growth through multiplication. 
And I'm talking about home churches here. Small churches have great potential for growth through multiplication. New churches grow faster than larger ones. New leaders should be continually trained from within to go out and start new works. We need to think small in a really big way. I like that. I totally believe that in the life of our church, we could see many, many, many home churches started. For however long we need to. That we can, we can see people empowered and equipped and encouraged, which is our mission as we partner with Jesus to build his church, to actually create spaces in our homes that are like home churches or a home group. We can do that. There's lots of us in the life of Coast Community that could do that. And you know what? I reckon there's many people in our neighbourhoods or relationships already that would step into a home church before they stepped into a place like this. We have opportunity in our crisis. I want to ask you, would you consider hosting a home church? And if, if that's something that you feel God's calling you to do, you, and again, we want to just, I think too often we think to start a connect group or to lead a connect group, you've got to have this theological degree to actually start that. We're not saying that at all. We just want to see people host a home group or a home church. And you've got live streaming and resources. We can do that. And I would encourage you on our update page on our website, you can lodge an expression of interest to do that. And we'd want to set you up and help you do that. Again, following the guidelines set at the moment with hygiene and social distance and home capacities. But we can do that. We have opportunity in this crisis. The other thing I want to encourage you to do, and me to do, together, to look out for people, to look out for our neighbours, to actually have eyes that see, see needs, be part of a solution. And we can still do that within all the restrictions we, we have. We can be part of a solution in our communities. And we're reminded in Scripture like that, you know, and do, do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. We, we've got lots to share. And in the craziness of what's going on in our supermarkets, which hopefully will settle down, but if it doesn't, we've still got a lot to share we have. We've got plenty of resource. It's just the way we think about it. We don't need to hoard. We don't need to be fearful. We don't need to actually stock up for ourselves. One of the works God's doing in us is for us to be others focused. And when we're others focused, we see people and we see need and we see that we can be part of a solution. And so you prompted, I'd encourage you to step in and be part of a solution. I like this in Matthew, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Too often I think we can think that our good deeds need to be hidden. And God's not saying that. He says sometimes when you give, yeah, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. But as far as good deeds, let people see that because it will point people to Jesus. Your good deeds will make such a difference in our community right now. The smallest act of you giving something to someone will have a profound impact. It could be someone's eternity in some small little gift or resource or provision or smile. You know, you even go to a shop and you say hello to somebody. They're kind of shocked. We just need to take the time and to smile and connect and be part of a solution. I had a message from someone in our church this week, and they started a hashtag, might have already been there, called Love Your Neighbour. But this is what they did very practically. God put it on their heart, 
And they, they wrote out just this A4 page, typed it out, and actually delivered this in their street to all of their neighbours. This is what it said. We feel very blessed to live in our street and have recently been thinking, especially in these uncertain times, about how we can care for each other's other as neighbours. Things are changing quickly and you may find yourself in need of something in the coming weeks, months, so we are offering to share whatever we have. I'm not suggesting that we have heaps of supplies, but if you were down to your last roll of toilet paper, for example, and we have two rolls, then we are willing to share. You may need a cup of sugar, flour, rice, or just lime to put in your Corona beer if you can't get it, and we have it, we want to share. Just knock on the door, maybe take one step back for safety, drop a note in our letterbox, or send an SMS, in either case, It's okay to ask. It seems to us that these are are the very days we all need to look out for each other, support each other. And while I appreciate this little initiative is not going to change the world, it may help to relieve someone's stress and make our street even more desirable to live in, if that were possible, your neighbours. Simple, practical, good deeds. Because we care, because we love, because we want to partner with Jesus in his mission and in his world. Now I got a text. It says, hey Kev, I thought you might be interested to know the response from our little letterbox drop to 25 houses in our street on Wednesday morning. It's only happened the other day. We received two thank you cards four SMSs of other households keen to join the campaign, all agreeing to share what we have with our neighbours, which is pretty cool, hey? We are absolutely in a crisis. But in the same proportion, I think we have one of the best opportunities as the church to shine. And it will take people like you and me to engage with God in a deep way so we have a posture that's strong in the crisis and we go deep and we actually be others focused and we look out and we see ways that we can help or provide needs to a solution. This is our opportunity to shine and I would encourage us to do that in whatever way you feel called to do. So can I finish with just a few things by saying We will operate within the guidelines that the government set for our country, like we always do. We will do the best we can with what we have, like we always do. We know that Jesus is building his church like he always is. And we will continue to partner with Jesus in his mission, in his world. We believe that the church is at the centre of everything, like it always is. And we will stand and believe that this is our opportunity to shine. And I want to encourage you in that. I want to remind myself of that.
Let's go deep. Let's be the people that are agents of faith, hope and love in this current time. And to close, this is what I wanted to do. It's very interesting, Claire, that you had this word earlier. It's the exact passage that I wanted to close with today. I just wondered whether if you are willing to and could, would you stand if you're willing? As we close this out, almost as something we speak over ourselves as we stand in this crisis and in the opportunity we have. And it's from Philippians 4. And it says this, and this is how I hope that we would choose to live. This is how I would hope that I would choose to live. Always, in Philippians 4 verse 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Remember, this is coming from someone who's got cred. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. God, we pray that over us. We embrace that. I pray that we can be a community of people in a church that does shine. You do say that we are salt and light. God, help us to live in that. Help us to live in a posture that is so deep in you and so strong in you. And I pray, God, from that we would have a wide reach. Lord, I pray that you would enlarge our house for your glory and we'd see many people engage with you and even come to faith and believe Jesus, that you are the Son of God, that you are the hope of the world in this climate. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to spread out our homes and have significant impact and influence just in little ways. But collectively, I pray you'd take that and use that powerfully as we spread out our homes. Lord, to start home churches or home groups. Lord, to see our neighbours and provide needs. God, we commit that to you. Pray you do a great work in and through us, all for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And can I hear an amen today, whether at home or here? Amen. Amen. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Kev. It's a fair bit in that, hey? Please grab a seat if you're able to. There's some challenge. We had um, Mark and Lisa Scandrett with us last weekend and one of the things Mark did in each time he shared was to encourage people to experiment with something. What would it look like for me not to just take this as theory but to step in and do something with it? Uh, You've heard some examples there this morning. I wonder what that looks like for for us um, this morning. What would it look like to experiment with something this week? Whether it's focusing on the things that we just read out of that scripture in in Philippians that that just alleviate some of the fear we might be feeling. What would it look like to offer something to a neighbour? What would it look like to buy something for someone in Woolies or Coles? There's some things we can step into. Can I encourage you to connect with God to see what that looks like for you in your circumstance? Just as I wrap up, there's, you know, I mentioned at the start, there's a couple of things we're doing differently. We won't 
share communion together this morning, but if you're meeting as a home church or you're meeting midweek as a home group, can I encourage you, take communion together. Um, find a bit of bread, or some crackers, some juice, whatever it needs, some wine, and, and, and take communion together. Uh, we won't be doing that in this service this morning, but can I encourage you to consider how we can keep that at the forefront. Uh, with our giving, uh, we, we are not collecting an offering this morning either, but, but we want to be a church who continues to give. And, and in March, we're looking at intentional giving. How can we be more intentional about giving to God so that he continues to build up his church? It's going to be hard in this climate. When, when we're feeling a bit of lack, when we're feeling, and I know there are jobs at stake, there's employment that's being reduced, there's a whole bunch of things that are going on for our community. I'm talking wider than the church community, for our community. How can we still be generous and give to the work that God's doing in his church in that climate? Can I share a brief story with you? There's a story in 1 Chronicles, chapter 29, where King David is preparing all the materials that's going to be needed to build the temple, the place where God is finally going to resign with the people. He's going to reside, sorry, with the people in Jerusalem. They're going to build this fabulous palatial temple. And as we read through this, here's some of the things. So King David said to the whole assembly, he said, my son Solomon is the one who's going to to build this. Um, And the task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for God. With all my resources, David says, I've provided for the temple for my God. I've given gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood as well as all kinds of fine stones and marble and all in large quantities. And then, because David led that, the leaders and the officials gave willingly as well. And after they gave willingly, the people rejoiced at the willing response that their leaders and the people started giving willingly and freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, it says. And David the king rejoiced greatly. And then he said this, this was his prayer. He says, praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. We were singing this just earlier. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. And then David says this, But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Because everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. All this abundance that we have provided for building a holy temple for your name comes from your hand and it all belongs to you. I love that picture. David had this sense that anything he had was a gift from God. And when we receive a gift, we know physically, like if you're a birthday or Christmas and you receive a gift, the person giving the gift, the thing that they desire more than anything is that you will actually open and use the gift. Not hoard it away, not hide it, not leave it untouched, but actually use the gift. 
And so I just want to encourage us as a community, as we consider being intentional in our giving, in times when it's going to be potentially more difficult to do that, where's our perspective from? So can I encourage you in that space? To do some intentional giving when we're not meeting or collecting an offering, there's ways to do that. We've got ways to give. Can I encourage you, even right now, check out this slide that's on about texting to give. What you can do, and I'd even encourage you now as I'm talking with this, if you're hearing this and you're able to get your phone out, just see what happens. This won't mean you're giving something now, but if you text the word give to that number, the number for Bensville, 0417 269 you text the word give to that, it'll send you a link. You press on that link and then it, the first time you need to set up your details, but then once your details are set up, you can simply text an amount to that number and that's a way to give. Really simple, really efficient, um, and we can do that regularly whether we're meeting as a gathered body or not. And we can be intentional with our regular giving. We're trying to make this as simple as possible for you, um, but this is something I just want to encourage you to consider. As we wrap up, um, if you've got kids, can I just say who's got kids over in the kids ministry program this morning? A few of you? Okay, great. As you grab the kids at 10 o'clock, which is about now, um, can I encourage you, once you collect your kids, that, that we exit the premises. We, we still want to be really mindful of our social distancing. We're not having morning tea this morning either, just so we're not encouraging that connection beyond what we're, we're encouraged to do. Um, so grab your kids very shortly. How can we live out our focus to enlarge our house and spread out our home? What might that look like? What could it look like for you to join or start and host a home church? We don't know how long this is going to go on. We're potentially thinking months. What could it look like for you to be part of a home church, to host one? It doesn't even need to be in your home. You could organise and have it down at the local park, at the beach, whatever that looks like. What could it look like for us to be intentional about stepping into that? And the last thing I'd say is just keep going to our website. On our website, we're going to have continual updates about what's happening. Um, and Kev mentioned something about what voices we're listening to. Steve, can I just ask Steve Kelly just to wrap up? Dr. Steve Kelly. Um, and he's got some good advice just in 30 seconds on what are, are valuable voices to listen to and what are the ones maybe we should avoid. And then can I just encourage you to keep plugging into our, our website because we'll have updated stuff on that. Steve, can you just share what you shared earlier? I speak to you as a local doctor uh, with lots of experience. I think it's really important for us to consider a few things. I'll start with number three. Listen to the chief medical officer. There's lots of people giving their opinions, giving interpretations, giving nonsense. There's lots of voices. Uh, there's information overload. Listen to what the chief medical ha offer has to, officer has to say. And in saying that, I'm simply supporting what Kev's already said and Andrew's already said. That's what we do as an organisation. But more importantly, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen are wasting their time. Unless the Lord keeps you safe and you rely on him to keep you safe, everything you do is just doing stuff. 
Somewhere else in the Bible it says, uh, that's from Psalm 127 verse 1 actually. Somewhere else it says, perfect love casts out fear. I think that we should be going deep, as Kevin says, and seek deep knowledge of deep love so that we don't have to fear. And the last thing I want to say is that Jesus didn't die of leprosy, although he embraced the sick, the unclean. He died of standing up for what's right and doing good. And that attracted a little bit of attention. And he didn't die of leprosy. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Steve. On the way out at the table, there are these Connect cards. So if you're new to our community or your details have changed, we want to do everything we can to help stay connected with you, to let you know what's going on. Can I encourage you to grab one of those, fill it in and pop it in the returns box in the the side of the wall where you can also put an offering if you've come prepared to give an offering this morning. Um, And if you're at home and your details have changed as well, can I encourage you to contact the church office and we can grab your updated details, which is great. Thanks for being with us this morning. Um, Really great to see us step into what it looks like in this new season. Um, And please keep checking the website during the week as we continually update what it looks like, because things could change between now and next Sunday. Um, But if not, we'll see you back here next Sunday. See you then.